بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about Khalid ibn al-Walid and the wars that he fought against the Persian Empire in Iraq. So he went from area to area in Iraq, which was under the control of the Persian Empire, and he conquered different cities throughout Persia. And last week, we spoke about the conquest of Kalvima, and the conquest of Athini, and the conquest of Al-Walaja, and the conquest of Ulais. So these are four areas in Iraq that were under the control of the Persian Empire that Khalid ibn al-Walid and the Muslim army conquered by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So four places, four cities. And this was done in a time span of approximately two months. Imagine this. The Persian Empire at that time, it was the strongest empire in the world. And Khalid ibn al-Walid is able to take four cities and conquer them in a period of two months by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you see here the victory that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was giving to the Muslims and you see the military ability that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Khalid ibn al-Walid with. He was a great commander and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed him with excellent strategic planning and leadership skills. So by the permission of Allah, he was able to conquer these four cities in Iraq in a period of just about two months. Now, the Arabs of the tribe of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il, as we spoke about last week, they were aligned with the Persians and they were Arabs. They were Christians, but they were Arabs and they were aligned with the Persians. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, he was very upset that there were Arabs that were aligning themselves with the Persians instead of aligning themselves with the Muslims. Because Khalid and the Muslim army, they're Arabs. So it would make more sense for the Arabs to align with the Arabs instead of aligning with the Persians. But the Christians of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il, they aligned with the Persians. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, he was very upset about this. So he wanted to basically make sure that he crushes any Arab support for the Persian Empire. The Arabs should not support the Persian Empire and any Arabs who are under the umbrella of the Persian Empire, Khalid ibn al-Walid wanted to cut off that association. So what he decided to do was to head towards an area known as Al-Hira. Al-Hira was west of the Euphrates River. Remember we spoke about last week that there are two main rivers that run through Iraq. The Tigris River, which is towards the east, and the Euphrates River, which is towards the west. And the capital of the Persian Empire, a place called Al-Madain, that was to the east of the Tigris River. And Al-Hira, which was basically the capital of the, the Arab governorate, 
that was under the Persian Empire, that was west of the Euphrates River. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, he decided to head towards Al-Hira. He wanted to conquer the Arab capital, where the Arabs who were in alliance with the Persian Empire, where they stayed. He wanted to conquer that area in order to cut off any Arab support for the Persian Empire. So he headed towards Al-Hira, which was west of the Euphrates River. And this was immediately after he conquered Ulais, which we spoke about last week, the conquest of Ulais. So after conquering Ulais, his next target was Al-Hira. Now the distance between Ulais and Al-Hira, it's a very big distance. And especially if you're going to go by land, the distance would become even greater. But if you go by sea, basically by crossing to the other side of the Euphrates River, remember Al-Hira is on the west side of the Euphrates. And Khalid, when he was in Ulais, he was on the east side of the Euphrates. So basically he has to cross over the river. And that would be much faster than going by land just crossing over to the other side of the river. So that's what he decided to do. So Khalid ibn al-Walid and the Muslim army, they took ships and they headed west on the Euphrates River towards Al-Hira. Now, the people of Al-Hira and the Persian governor who was in charge of Al-Hira, he heard that Khalid ibn al-Walid and the Muslim army are coming towards Al-Hira. Their plan is to come and to conquer Al-Hira and they're coming by sea. So he got this information that Khalid ibn al-Walid and the Muslim army are coming by sea. They're crossing the Euphrates in order to get to Al-Hira. So the Persian governor of Al-Hira, he was a man whose title was Murzuban al-Hira. Murzuban al-Hira, it basically means the the governor, the Persian governor of Al-Hira. So even though Arabs lived in that land, the Persian Empire made sure that they kept a Persian there who was in charge of that area. He was known as the Murzaban or the governor of Al-Hira. And his name, his actual name was Azadiba. Okay, so he got news that Khalid ibn al-Walid and the Muslim army, they're coming on the Euphrates heading towards Al-Hira. So what he did is he sent his son. He sent his son to cut off the water supply of the Euphrates so that Khalid and his army would not be able to complete the journey across the river. To cut off the water supply. So, you know, these people, these Persians, they were so advanced that they knew techniques how to divert the water from the river. They had these techniques where they could divert the main water from the river into smaller lakes and that would basically deplete certain areas of the river so ships could not pass through. So this Persian governor of Al-Hira, the Murzaban, he sent his son to go and do this, to divert the water into these smaller lakes so that Khalid and his army and their ships would not be able to complete the journey all the way to the end of the river. So the son of the Murzaban, the son of this Persian governor, he did that and he was able to successfully do it. He cut off the water supply. So as the ships with Khalid and the Muslim army were coming, suddenly the ships stopped. Once the water supply ended, the water became very shallow because it was being diverted to other places. And then the ships stopped moving. 
because the ships, of course, they need a certain depth of water in order to move. And if the water becomes too shallow, the ships are not going to move. So the ships stopped before they reached their destination. So Khalid actually was surprised about this. And the Muslim army were surprised. Like, what happened here? The water just stopped flowing. And the water became very shallow. But this was not going to stop Khalid ibn al-Walid. What they decided to do is get off the ships. Now the water is very shallow. They can just take their horses. They had their horses with them as well on the ship. Let's just get our horses off the ship and we'll continue the rest of the way by horse. The water is shallow enough that the horses can run through it. No problem. So they got off the ships. They got on their horses and they continued their journey in the shallow water on their horses. And while they were moving forward, Khalid, he came across the son of the Murzaban, the son of this Persian governor who was tasked with diverting the water supply. Khalid, he came across him. And they fought and Khalid ibn al-Walid killed him. So Khalid killed the son of the Persian governor of Al-Hira. And they continued on their way. And eventually, they reached Al-Hira. And when they reached Al-Hira, the, this Persian governor, the Murzaban, he was shocked that, oh, they actually reached here. He wasn't expecting Khalid and the Muslim army. After he had his son divert the water, he thought that that would cut them off. But it didn't. So he was surprised that they actually showed up. And he was actually expecting his son to come back to give him information about what happened. But his son was dead. And Khalid and the Muslim army, they came to Al-Hira. So now the Murzaban, he's, he's shocked at this. This is not something that he expected. He's completely caught off guard. So he flees. He just runs away. He flees the scene. And Khalid and his army, now they're in the outskirts of the city. They're on the outskirts of the city of Al-Hira. And they surround the palaces of Al-Hira. Once they get into the city, they surround the Arab palaces in the city. So that was a place where mainly Arabs lived and they had a number of palaces in the city. And each palace had their own Arab ruler. But all of those Arabs, Arab rulers were actually under the authority of the Persian Murzaban. All right, now the Persian Murzaban, the Persian governor, he's gone. He's out of the picture. So now Khalid ibn al-Walid, he's going to deal directly with the Arabs. And the Arabs, they have these palaces, a number of palaces in Al-Hira, in the city. And the Muslims, they surround each one of those palaces. And each palace, it has its own Arab ruler. So Khalid, once he surrounded these palaces, he called out to these Arab rulers in the palaces. And he gave, them, he gave them one day and one night. He said, you have one day and one night to submit, to surrender. And he called them to Islam. He said, if you accept Islam and you come out, then you know, you're safe. And they were Arabs, so he was hoping that they would be receptive. So he gave them one day and one night, accept Islam. So the one day passed and the one night passed and they refused to accept Islam and they refused to surrender to Khalid ibn al-Walid. So then Khalid and the Muslim forces, they attacked the city. They attacked the city and the fighting started. So the people of the city called out to the Arab rulers who were in their palaces and they said, come on, help us. We're going to be killed if you don't help us. So finally, the Arab rulers relented. 
the Arab rulers in those palaces, they relented and they said, okay, okay, stop the fighting. We will come out and we will make a peace treaty with you. So they agreed to come out and make a peace treaty with Khalid ibn al-Walid. All right, the ruler of one of those palaces, like we mentioned, there were a number of palaces. The ruler of one of those palaces was a man named Amr ibn Abdul Masih. And you can tell by the name that this is a Christian. Amr ibn Abdul Masih. Abdul Masih, what does it mean? It means the, the slave or the servant of Al-Masih, of Isa, alayhi salam. This is a Christian name. So Amr ibn Abdul Masih, he was the spokesperson for the Arabs. And he was the rule, one of the Arab rulers that lived in one of those palaces. So he spoke on behalf of the Arabs to negotiate a peace treaty with Khalid ibn al-Walid. So he comes out and he starts talking to Khalid. And the Arabs, they decided that they would not accept Islam. They said, no, they didn't want to accept Islam, but they agreed to pay the jizya. They agreed to pay the jizya. And the jizya is basically like a tax that non-Muslims who are living under Muslim rule have to pay. And in return, they are guaranteed safety and they are guaranteed protection by the Muslims. So they agreed to this. They said, okay, we will pay the jizya and we want to stay here and we want to live in peace. And we will submit and we will surrender and you will become the authorities of this land. We will not have any part in the rule. We will pay you the jizya. You will be the rulers of this land. The Muslims will be the rulers of this land. But we want to live here and stay here in peace. And we will pay you the jizya in order for us to stay here. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, he accepted this. He said, yes, okay, this is fine. And he collected the jizya from these people. And it turned out to be a pretty huge amount. The jizya that was collected from the people of Al-Hira, it turned out to be 190,000 gold dinars. 190,000 gold dinars. That is, that is a huge amount of money. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, he collected that from them. And in return for that, they were guaranteed protection from the Muslims. They were guaranteed protection of the Muslims from any outside enemy. And they were also guaranteed that they could keep their property. All they had to do is pay the jizya. So the Arabs of Al-Hira, they were very actually happy with this arrangement because this was much less than what the Persians were taking from them. Before they were under the Persian rule, right? And the Persians, they would take whatever they wanted from them. And they would take their wealth and they would take their women, they would take their children. They would do all of these type of things. So that was, a, that was difficult for them. Even though they were allied with the Persians, the Persians used to oppress them. But now the Muslims, they're not oppressing them at all. They're not oppressing them at all. And they're just taking this jizya, this amount. And in return for that, they are protected and they are safe. And their families are safe. So they were happy with this. They were like, okay, this is much better. We were living under the Persians and we were oppressed and we were suffering. Now under this new arrangement, living under the Muslim rules, we feel safer and we feel that this is something that is much more fair to us. So they were actually very happy with the arrangement that they had made with Khalid ibn al-Walid radiallahu anhu. 
So they paid that 190,000 gold dinars and they also gave a lot of gifts to Khalid. They gave him a lot of extra gifts because they were so happy with this arrangement and this agreement. They were so happy to be free from the Persian alliance and now under the Muslim rule. They knew that this was going to be much better for them so they gave lots of gifts to Khalid as well. So Khalid, he sent news of this victory to the Khalifa. He sent news of this latest victory to the Khalifa, to Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu and he sent the jizya, the 190,000 dinars of gold, and he also sent the gifts, the extra gifts to Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu So when it reached Medina, when it reached Abu Bakr radiallahu he was very happy with this news, alhamdulillah, that the Muslims had conquered the greatest city west of the Euphrates. This was a huge victory. But one thing Abu Bakr as-Siddiq decided, he was like, the gifts, yes, we'll take the jizya, but extra gifts, no. We will not take any extra personal gifts. So these gifts, they will be calculated as part of the jizya. They will be basically subtracted from the jizya. So it will be included in the jizya. We're not going to take any type of personal gifts from these people. That's no. So he made sure that he made that clear to Khalid and to the other commanders as well that we don't take any personal gifts. We'll collect the jizya, but we will not take any type of personal gifts. So this was a rule that Abu Bakr as-Siddiq made sure that he made clear. Now, after Al-Hira was conquered by the Muslims and the people of Al-Hira were very happy with the arrangement and the agreement and the treaty that they made with the Muslims, other cities around that area, they decided that they want to surrender and submit themselves to Muslim rule as well. They said, yeah, this is better for us. Instead of being under the Persian Empire, let us shift our alliance. Let us now ally ourselves with the Muslims. That's going to be much better. So Al-Hira did it first. And that was so successful that other cities, Khalid didn't even have to invade those cities. The other cities around the area, they came and they said, we want, to, we want to surrender ourselves to Muslim rule as well. Many cities around that area. They said, we will make a treaty with you just like the people of Al-Hira made a treaty with you and we will pay the jizya in exchange for your protection. So many of the areas around made this agreement with Khalid ibn Walid. So he collected the jizya from these surrounding areas as well. 190,000 gold dinars from Al-Hira and then he collected the jizya from many of the surrounding areas as well. So the total of that jizya that he collected from these cities, it came out to be one million gold dinars. One million gold dinars. Just to give you an idea how much that would be worth today. One dinar is 4.25 grams. So one million dinars of gold, it's 4.25 million grams of gold. 4,250 kilograms of gold. And I checked the gold prices for today. 4,250 kilograms of gold today is worth more than 178 million US dollars. Right? So just you can imagine how much jizya they collected from those people. Alhamdulillah. And those people were happy to give it. 
they were happy to give it because what they received in return for it, the protection that they received from the Muslims, Alhamdulillah, that was worth it. That was worth it. So Khalid, he collected this jizya and he sent it to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an. So these are great victories. Great victories against the Persian Empire, Alhamdulillah. So the Muslim Empire is getting stronger and the Persian Empire is slowly but surely falling apart. So after these great victories, Khalid ibn al-Walid, he sent a letter to the Kisra of Persia and to the other rulers of the different areas of the Persian Empire. He sent a letter to them. And in that letter he said, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Min Khalid ibn al Walid ila muluki faris, Falhamdulillahilladi halla nivamakum, wa wahana kaydakum, wa farraka kalimatakum, fa aslimu, wa illa fa addul jizya, wa illa fa kadjitukum bikaumin, yuhibbun al mauta kama tu hibbun al haya. He sent this letter to the rulers around the Persian Empire. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, from Khalid ibn al-Walid to the rulers of the Persian Empire. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who broke down your organization and he defeated your plot and your plan and he divided your word. He made you differ amongst one another. Alhamdulillah, Allah is the one who caused this destruction to you. Then he said, فَأَسْلِمُ So I advise you, accept Islam, become Muslims. وَإِلَّا فَأَدُّ الْجِزْيَةِ And if you don't become Muslims, then you must pay the jizya. وَإِلَّا And if you refuse to even pay the jizya, you don't accept Islam and you refuse to pay the jizya, فَقَدْ جِئْتُكُمْ بِقَوْمِ يُحِبُّونَ الْمَوْتَ كَمَا تُحِبُّونَ الْحَيَاةِ I have come to you with a group of people who love death. Just like you love life. My people, they love death in the same way that you people love life. So be prepared to face us. This was the letter that he sent to the rulers of the Persian Empire. Also, he sent a letter to the people who were known as Al-Marazibah. Al-Marazibah, they were basically the religious leaders. The Persian religious leaders who also had some authority. So he sent a letter to them as well. And in that letter he said, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in Khalid ibn al Walid ila marazibatil fors amma bad fa aslimu taslamu wa illa fa taqidu minni zimma wa addul jizya wa illa faqad jitukum bikomin yuhibbun al mauta kama tuhibbun a shurb al khamr. He said to them, In the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful, from Khalid ibn al Walid to the marazibah of the Persians, the religious authorities of the Persians. As for what follows, accept Islam and you will be safe. Become Muslims and you will be safe. And if you refuse to accept Islam, then you can still have protection. We will still give you protection as long as you pay the jizya. Pay the jizya and have our protection. But if you refuse even this, then I have come to you. I have with me people who love death just like you love to drink wine. My people, they love death just like your people love to drink wine. So he sent them these letters. So Alhamdulillah, Khalid ibn al-Walid, 
he was able to conquer half of Iraq. Half of Iraq in a very, very short period of time. Alhamdulillah, he was a brilliant military commander. Now after he conquered Al-Hira and the surrounding areas, he wasn't done yet. He set his sights north to a place called Al-Ambar. Al-Ambar. And this is a city on the coast of the Euphrates, north of Al-Kufa. Al-Kufa, very famous city in Iraq. North of that, there is a place called Al-Anbar, and that is on the coast of the Euphrates. And that is where Khalid now set his sights. Now this city, it had a Persian army under the command of a military commander na named Sheruzad. So Sheruzad, he was the military commander of the Persian army in Al-Anbar. Alright, so Khalid and his forces, they came towards Al-Anbar. And they reached the outskirts of the city. They didn't get into the main part of the city yet. They're on the outskirts, outskirts of the city and they start to fight. The Muslim forces under Khalid ibn al-Walid fighting against the Persian forces under Sheruzad. And Sheruzad saw the courage of the Muslims. He saw the great fighting ability of the Muslims. He saw the bravery of the Muslims and he got scared. He said he knew to himself that, that his soldiers were no match for the Muslim soldiers. So quickly, he asked Khalid ibn Walid for a peace agreement. He said, I don't want to fight anymore. I want to make a peace treaty with you. But Sheruzad, in this peace treaty that he proposed to Khalid ibn Walid, Sheruzad put a number of conditions and Khalid ibn Walid did not accept those conditions that Sheruzad tried to propose. So Khalid rejected this offer and the fighting continued. The fighting continued on the outskirts of the city and the Muslims, they're winning and they're slowly advancing, advancing, advancing until, until they actually get to the borders of the actual city. But when they get to the borders of the actual city of Al-Anbar, what did they find? They could not cross into the city because the Persian forces had dug a khandaq. They had dug a trench to prevent the Muslims from getting into the city. What does this remind you of? It reminds you of the battle of Al-Khandaq during the time of the Prophet ﷺ when the Muslims, they dug a trench so that the kuffar could not enter Medina. And whose idea was the Khandaq? Whose idea was the Khandaq? It was Salman al-Farisi. Salman the Persian. This was something that was known as a Persian military strategy. The Arabs didn't know about this until Salman gave this idea. And the Prophet ﷺ said, yeah, that's a good idea. And that's when they decided to do it. This was not something known in Arab warfare at all. This was something that was part of Persian military strategy. So here, Khalid is fighting who? He's fighting the Persians. So this is part of their strategy. So they had this khandaq, this trench that was dug so that the Muslim army could not cross over into the city of Al-Anbar. They couldn't cross into the city of Al-Anbar. But Khalid ibn Walid, like we mentioned, he's brilliant. The khandaq is not going to stop him. The trench is not going to stop him from crossing over and getting into the city. So what plan did Khalid ibn al-Walid come up with in order to get past that trench and get into the city? 
came up with an amazing plan. An amazing plan. What was his plan? His plan was, he ordered the Muslim army, and it's a big Muslim army, and they have animals, they have a lot of camels with them that have their supplies and everything. So there are a lot of camels. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, he ordered all of the weak camels, the weak camels should all be slaughtered. Kill all of the weak camels. We'll keep the strong ones, but kill all of the weak camels. Slaughter them all. So they slaughtered the weak camels. And what did Khalid order them to do with the bodies of those dead camels? Dump them into the trench. Dump them into the trench. So these huge camels, lots of them being thrown into the trench. One on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. Until it becomes a bridge that they can cross across the trench. A bridge of camels. So they can go across the trench. So they killed those camels, they slaughtered those camels, they dumped them in the trench. Eventually, they were stacked so high that it became a bridge to get to the other side. And Khalid and the Muslim army, they crossed the trench on the camels into the city. Now when Shayruzad saw this, this is something that he would never have expected, that they crossed the trench by using the bodies of dead camels as a bridge. Can you imagine this? But this is what Khalid did. And he crossed and he got into the city. And Shayruzad, when he saw this, he got scared. And he said, okay, okay. I will make a peace treaty with you, Ya Khalid. I have no conditions. You make the conditions and I accept whatever conditions you make. So Khalid ibn walid he accepted this. And these Persians of Al-Anbar, they surrendered under the terms of Khalid ibn walid not under their own terms, but under the terms that Khalid ibn al-Walid dictated to them. So that is how Khalid ibn al-Walid conquered al-Anbar. Now look at this, with all of this happening, city after city after city after city, falling to the Muslims, the capital of the Persian Empire, al-Mada'in, Mada'in as we mentioned, it was on the east side of the Tigris River. So they're getting all of this news of defeat after defeat after defeat after defeat. So it's causing turmoil in the capital. It's causing turmoil in the capital. And to add to that turmoil, what happened around the same time? The Kisra, the ruler of the Persian Empire, Al-Dishir, he died. So they're already facing a lot of problems and now the Kisra dies and now there is a power struggle. There's a power struggle who is going to become the next ruler of the Persian Empire. So you see the Persian Empire in this, in this situation, they're in a very, very chaotic state, in huge turmoil. And this big dispute now arose, who is going to take over, who is going to become the new ruler of the empire. And inshallah, we'll talk more about this next week, bi-idhnillah. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.